0: Thank you for being worshiped with us today again. Thank you for those that are joining online. Hello to you as well. Uh, we're doing something a little differently. I'm going to work the uh, scripture passage into today's sermon. And so if you want to get out, I don't know if you use your phone or your Bible, your hard Bible, or however you like to follow along, we'll also have it on the screen. But if uh, you want to turn to Romans chapter 8, uh, we're going to be settling in there today. And so just know that's where we'll be uh, today. Well, uh, let me first start off with a prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth the meditation of all of our hearts, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I know for those of uh, you that saw the sermon title uh, as you came in today, it's called On the Bad Days, and kudos for you for sticking around, because I know that might have sent you right back out the door, right? Because, of course, uh, we need a lot of positive energy in today's world. There's all sorts of negativity around us. But I wanted to kind of just talk about that here today, just because I've been on a journey myself, and uh, if you didn't know this, your pastor's not perfect. I know, surprising. I know, I know. Uh, but I'm not, and no one is, of course, and we know this. And I, I'm teasing as I say that. But, uh, you know, sometimes God is just is doing something in pastor's heart. And, uh, and so sometimes, you know, the sermon you have planned, God's just kind of like, no, you need to share your own personal journey, what's going on in your life in some ways maybe God is doing some planting in somebody else's life as well through that. So that's what we'll be doing today. So I just want to pre-warn you just for a minute. We're going to go to kind of a dark place. I know, woohoo! I know. But we're going to go to a little dark place just for a minute, but we're going to, we're going to get back out of it by the end. But I want to take you there this morning. And uh, I just want to ask you this open-ended question, and, and I assume there's very few in here that would not answer affirmatively. And that is this, is have you ever been in a bad place mentally? Right. All right. I got (laughs) to. Yeah. I mean, just the world is crashing down. The sky is falling. Everything's being tipped up upside down. Nothing's going right. And you know, even though there's all sorts of blessings left and right in your life, you can point to almost anything standing right before you, and you can't even see it. Right. I mean, you can't even stop to smell the roses because you can't even see the roses are right there beside you. Kind of day. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Well, your pastor may have had. Some of that happened uh, in recent days, and in fact, just over this past week and weekend kind of thing, I had that sort of happen in my life, and uh, you know, just to give you a word picture, like, kind of like this, it's imagine like, you know, in life's journey, a lot of times, you can kind of see down the path, you know, what's coming, and sometimes you can kind of aim your, and steer your ship, so to speak, as you're walking, and the image picture I have for you is like, when you're walking and, and you kind of get to the point where you can't even see that far ahead, you just kind of have to look at your feet, just look at the step, you know, on the path before you, just watch your foot, take one step, and just, one step at a time, one step at a time. But sometimes even that is hard because it's dark, right? And you can't even tell if you're on the path anymore, right? And your foot keeps hitting rocks and your foot keeps hitting underbrush and all sorts of, and you go, what kind of path am I on, right? Like, what? this was not what I signed up for on this journey, right? And And not only that, but sometimes it just feels like the slope is pushing you down and you're just kind of trying to hold back a little bit, make sure you got every step in the right place, and you don't really have an option to do that, because it's just sliding in a little bit, ever so softly pushing you, and you don't know before you if there's a cliff, or if before you there's, you know, pastor land, or, you know, like whatever is before you, right, and you just have no idea, and so you're taking literally not only just step by step, but dragging yourself along, right, to that, and that's kind of the image of sort of how I was feeling uh, these past, uh, just in a little bit ago, and had a few days of it. now. I want to preface all this by saying um, there are things we can do to make sure we don't enter into bad places like this. For instance, you can make sure that you are not overly tired. Well, guess what? Your pastor didn't do that. I was overly tired, right? I was really, really tired, really, really sleepy to the point of like, you know, when just anything just makes you like, you just just can't even deal with it because you're so tired, you just want to sleep. Well, the pastor didn't take enough good care of himself, and so he was really tired. And then we went on a, a car trip. And of course, when you go on car trips, it's fun to buy all the snacks, right? Right? And when we buy snacks, you know, I buy all like the, when I go in, I go like to the, I just go straight to the sugar aisle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know about you, I go straight to the sugar aisle. And uh, there's these things that are like, they're they're wonderful tasting, but they're death in a box, right? But they're called, they're called Sour Punch Fruity Straws. Do I have any Sour Punch Fruity Straw fans in the, oh no, right, okay. These things are super like, just high octane sugar, like multiplied by many times. And so I got some of these, I got all my other like, you know, Coca-Cola, I got all my things on my road trip. And uh, I did not get good things in body, so guess what came out of body, right? Like, like, you know, when you don't put good things in, bad things happen. And so, you know, I just wasn't feeling well. Your tummy's hurting, you know, you're owie, and, and you just don't feel yourself. You're on the sugar high, then you're in the sugar low, and you just kind of body doesn't even know how to adapt and all these different things. Well, I was, I had done all that, so I didn't help myself, right? But nonetheless, I think for many of you and many people, and, and basically only for those online that made you watch us is... Most of you know, this is a little stressful time for my family in our life. And, uh, you know, most of the time by now, a pastor in our denomination would know if they're being moved or not. And uh, I don't know, right? <laughs> right? July 1st is coming and pretty fast around the corner. And I have no idea if I'm going to be here serving with you, if I'm going to be moved somewhere else, if I'm even going to be in the denomination, what's going to happen at all. And along with that, of course, is not only the situation that uh, is going on, but not only that, but is it even like a switch in careers coming very soon? You know, is there even a church around where, where we have purchased a house where, you know, we're going to be able to serve or I'm going to be able to serve? And so, you know, there's all these questions going on. And I'm just thinking of like, oh, wow, a career change at this point in life seems really kind of stressful, right? Uh, just, just isn't necessarily what you want to do. So, of course, there's those outside stressors. Of course, we moved to a new house, which is awesome. We love it and all these great things. But moving is stressful, y'all. Come on. I mean, where's my amen corner? Come on, people. You've moved before. You know what I'm talking about. There is stressor after stressor after stressor. And then some of these things are just like that needle on the haystack. So let me tell you about one of them. So we got back from our trip. We went to Niagara Falls, Upper State New York, to see some friends and all that stuff. And we got back. Uh, it was late Sunday night. And uh, they had put our sod in at the new house. But didn't water it, Right. And we were promised that they would take care of that for us. So it went like three or four days with no water. So we get back, and the thing is like brown and dried out. We get back, it's like it's like you know, 10 o'clock at night. So I am literally out that windy Sunday. Remember that windy night? It was like Sunday night, super windy. It was like we had all these d- like days of 80 degrees, then all of a sudden it went to like 30 degrees, right? It was that night. So I'm out in flip-flops in my like, you know, watering my yard by hand because I can't figure out the sprinkler things that they gave me to water the thing in the middle of the night in the dark. And so I'm literally, I walk every single pace of my yard with my hose doing that. So I was, up, uh, you know, past midnight doing this. And then of course, you know, you can't, when you water yards like this, you got to like water them like every day. So then, you know, I had to take off Monday to sit at home for every 15 minutes to figure out the sprinklers, to actually set the sprinklers up and move them every 15 minutes. And so I did that, you know, it's just, I was like, I can't deal with this, Lord, help me. But, you know, it was a small thing, but nonetheless, and all the things that felt really, really big in today's, in today's world, and not only that, but our dishwasher, you know, you get you know you, you buy all the brand new stuff, new dishwasher. Yeah, it leaks. It leaks enough that it was, like, soaking underneath the subfloor and dripping to the basement, right? Kind of leak. So it was one of these things that was just, and we haven't had a dishwasher now for weeks, and so they hadn't come and fixed it all these things. So you could get, like, I was just at the end. Like, I was tired, I was sugared up, sugared down, if you will, actually, probably more appropriately, don't know what's happening in life. I was just at the end of my rope where I was just, I was a grumpopotamus. It's the best way I could put that. Kelly, can, Kelly's shaking her head. She's like, she's like, there are so many blessings in life. Look at this. I'm like, I can't see it. I'm just so grumpy. And I say all that kind of jokingly, but also very seriously, right? I mean, there are just things that are going on in our lives and just come racking at our lives. And, and, you know, we like to be in control. We like to have these ideas and we like to To sort of know our path and and be able to make good choices and sometimes we just got to do the best we can with what we can and of course if you know me there's all the underlying things of you know stressors with with finances and things like that of you know I've told you before about when I was in young high school and my house was repossessed I had to go live in a hotel with family and all that stuff and I just am like don't let this happen to my kids you know like and and like it's always a constant driver of my finances of be like I cannot let this ever happen to my kids and uh, you know, and, and, and simply put, you guys understand this too, but um, I talked this with the many pastors. We haven't recovered from COVID. I mean, like, not you, we. I mean, like, us pastors, we haven't recovered. Just so you know, if you guys are, like, past COVID and you're, like, that was, we're like, we're moving on, like, I, can, I tell you, I can attest, pastoral people, like, most of us that went through that, like, are still reeling. Like, we're still like, what happened? Like, we, we're still just processing that and trying to figure out, did we do the right thing? Did we not do the right thing? Did, did we do the best thing? Is the church in a better place? And all those questions that, of course, are underlying and still working through that. So mentally, again, I was in a very bad place. And it was one of those very bad places that just simple positive thinking, you know, simple self-help stuff wasn't going to help you, right? You ever been there? All right. Some of you have been there. You're with me. All right. I'm not preaching to myself. All right. So good. I like that. If you're online, you know, and and maybe some of you are going through this right now, this type of thing, where just you cannot see the good things, and you're just in a bad place. Well, I was thinking uh, this Sunday, and and we kind of, this is actually an audible this Sunday, because originally our our sermon was, um, you know, if July 1st happens to be the end, right, uh, of me being here, I was like, I only have like six or seven sermons left. I was like, we got to like preach it. Like, we're going to come with like some powerful messages. So I had planned on preaching today, you know, the end of Romans 8, which is like, you know, Nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Neither height nor depth, or angels and demons and powers and love, you know, woo. But then this happened, and then as I was preparing again, and looking over the sermon and getting ready for it, and I was reading the beginning of chapter eight, you know, when God's like, "Nope, you're here. You you are here. You need to come back. Don't get to the end of eight yet. You come sit here." And so uh, that's why we're here today. I apologize, but that's what the Lord's doing in our life, and so. We're going to jump to, again, in our scripture, Romans chapter 8, and I want to point you to verse 5. Now, we actually, in in the beginning of the service, in our call to worship, said some of the beginning of of chapter 8 there. It's beautiful. This is one of the best chapters of the whole entire Bible. If you're feeling bad about life or anything like that, take a month, and every single day, read through chapter 8. Just start at the beginning, read through to the end. Take time to do it, because it will remind you about life. It will remind you about things. It will remind you And God's Holy Spirit will work inside you and do an amazing thing in your life. But it's so interesting because as you look at this and as I'm thinking about all the things that I've been going through, I read this. Now think about my mindset that I would have said as how I was in a bad place. Verse five, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live according with the Spirit have their minds on what the spirit desires. Now you know when God like just says, oh, okay, hey, I'm doing something in your life, you know, and I'm saying you, but for me, it was like in this moment, God's like, no, I'm doing this in your life. Like you got your mind, you get your mind in the wrong place, right? And they're all good things. They're like there's nothing horrible about what you're doing. You're not necessarily like looking at horrible things, but you have your mind not where it needs to be. You see, you're looking at things the nature desires. You know what our nature desires? And I don't know if you're like me, but I'm, I'm sure you kind of go with this. Our nature desires comfort. Our nature desires certainty, right? Our nature wants it easy and simple. Our nature wants like blessings without much effort. Our nature wants like all the basic necessities of life to just be covered just because of like eating and living and being free and all these different things. That's what our nature focuses on and desires, right? And of course, it desires a lot of times many other things that we'll talk about in just a minute, but it desires those things. We have the Spirit of God, people of God, when we've been redeemed in all these things, God is transforming our very mindset to not be focused on that, but to be focused on what the Spirit desires. Now, it goes on to say, the mind of sinful man is death. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been on a road trip and you ate a whole pack of Sour Punch Fruity Straws, and you ate then a whole bunch of... Coca-Cola, I drank a whole bunch of Coca-Cola, and then in the middle of there, you, you snuck in some nachos or whatever else you just found, right? It feels really good for a minute, right? Right? Put about 40 minutes in, it feels like death, right? I mean, it's it seems like, what did I just do? Like, that was silly. Because your body and your nature desires that easy, comforting, craving food, right? And yet, that's not what your body needs. Your body needs life. And that's not going to get there. And so just like this idea, right, I felt, you know, this sinful man, this, the mindset brings death. But the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace, which of course is what we all want. The mind of a sinful man is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Do you know in that moment, if I had like $200 in my wallet and somebody in needy came up to me, I don't know if I would have even seen them because I was so self-absorbed in myself and all the things that I thought was going wrong with my life and all the thing, worries that I had and all the anxiety that I had in my life, I wouldn't. I don't even know if I could have done what God had asked me to do. And that's exactly what Paul is making in this point here. So of course, anybody who has that, you cannot submit to God's Lord, nor can it do so. Those who are controlled by the sinful nature, you cannot please God. And he goes on to say, you, however, now I say he says you because he's writing to the Romans, but if you're a follower of Christ, if you've given your life to him, if you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he's talking to you, right? And me, right? But you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. Now, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if the Spirit of Christ is in you, get this, your body is dead because of sin. In other words, all those things, all that candy you wanted, Put it to death. And you put some good things in instead, right? And your spirit is yet alive because of righteousness. But then keep on going. And if your spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead, as in not only just spiritually, but physically raised Christ from the dead, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to what? Your mortal bodies. In other words, there's this weird thing that happens in Christianity where we put to death the desires that we sometimes even think are good, the desires of our safety, the desires of our, of our you know, comfort, the desires of our certainty, the desires of our God protect me and all these different things. We put all that to death and yet when we follow the spirit and the spirit leads us, the spirit starts working in us and starts rising us from the dead and the very things that we needed were given. This irony that we put it to death and give it over to the Lord, and the Lord raises us up from the dead, right? It's almost like I'm imagining when I get to heaven one day, there's going to be just like a pack of Sour Punch Fruity Straws. The Lord's like, eat all you want. It ain't going to do a thing. I got this, right? <laughs> but I mean, it's that kind of imagery, Like this idea that the sinful nature of us is put to death, and at the end of the day, it's risen to life because the Spirit of God lives in you. I want to just take a break here for a minute because we've been talking a lot about, you know, mindsets and, and, you know, candy and, you know, those things like that. But you could insert a whole bunch in there, right? Much more deadlier things, right? You could insert greed. You could insert pride. You could insert lust. You could insert envy. You could insert just self-centeredness on and on and on and on. But it's the same result. It's death. It just happens quicker than the Sour Punch Fruity straws, but we know it. And God's trying to bring life to us. God's trying to transform not only our physical bodies but our minds to want something healthy, to want something in us that's actually transforming and changing us. And the end result is this. I want to turn to you now at the, some of my favorite verses of all of Scripture. So after that, those verses we just read in verse 12, Says these words. Therefore, brothers, we have this obligation. But it's not of the sinful nature to live according to it. For you lived according to your sinful nature, you will die. But if the spirit you lives, you put to death. Oh, sorry. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. In these words, because those who are led by the spirit are sons of God. I just pause there for a second. Just remember this. Not servants of God, not prophets of God, not nice friends of God, sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba father. Now, Abba is the word. It's actually an Aramaic word. And it's the, you see Jesus actually use this word of the father. And it's kind of, it's not quite like daddy, but it's very affectionate. Like there's a kind of more formal way to say, you know, father, but like, this is like, it's your dad, right? I and mean, this is a close relationship kind of idea. And what Paul is saying here is that that spirit that's alive in you, when you, when you, the spirit comes alive in your body, transforms your mind. And actually you choose instead of the ways of certainty and and all those different things, you choose the ways of what the spirit desires and you lead, you, go, you get led instead of trying to determine your own path. What happens is the spirit comes inside of you and Abba Father is known in your heart and your soul. Because the spirit of him who testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share, I love this, if we share his suffering in order that we may also share his glory. You know, there's this just great dichotomy in Christianity, this great almost kind of paradox, if you will, of to find life, you put to death, right? And it's the most uncanny thing. And if and I know for those of you that haven't been around church things, if this is the first sermon you've ever heard in quite some time, you're like, what? <laughs> it like, makes no sense whatsoever, because in many ways it does not, right? It's It's one of these things that, like, you just try to wrap your head around, and yet it's the gospel truth, right, that... Jesus Christ has asked us to put to death the very nature and desires that we have. And be led by the Spirit. And sometimes being led by the Spirit, guess what? The Gospel promises it, that there's going to be trials and sufferings. It says right there, the very end of that. We're even children of God, yet we're still going to endure suffering just like Christ did. I mean, you look at the disciples, they suffered. The apostles, they suffered but they had life. They had life to the fullest. They had life that wasn't worth giving up so much that they were willing to go through those sufferings because they knew what the end result was and what God was doing in their life. And then God testified in their very hearts that they knew that they were God's child. They knew God's love. And they knew the ending of the story. Right? Because, of course, if this life was it, people may, you know, is that a good deal or not? But, of course, this isn't the end of life. We know that one day when we take that breath, when we close our eyes, when we finally let ourselves go on this earth, we wake up to the whole big book. This is just the first chapter. As Paul says, and he goes on in Romans 8, the part I was going to preach, I'll preach a little bit of it now, he goes on to say, hey, the momentary light afflictions you're dealing with are nothing compared to the eternal glory that's coming you know what, the path may be pushing you down. The path may be going to bad places. The path may lead to some dark caves that come before you. Christ is going to be with you. That's the promise. The Spirit is going to be inside you. And God is going to lead you, even through those dark times, even through those woodsy areas off the beaten path to a bright and better future. And guess what? He's going to take those hardships that you endure and he's going to do some great things in other people's lives if you let him as well. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, the gift of it, and that we're here today because of you, because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we celebrate again here just the idea that you have loved us so much that not only did you come to this earth, that you died for us and died for our sins to be forgiven. And then, Lord, not only to be forgiven, but you died so that we could be transformed, that the very flesh that we have all these desires and all these things we want, Lord, that could be put to death. Like God, we could instead choose to be led by your spirit and that spirit would be a well inside our whole souls that would dwell up inside us and cause us to just overflow with joy despite our circumstances. And again, Lord, as your promise is that even though it sometimes is suffering, there's a risen life that comes. Just as your scripture promises that one day, All the death and all the tears and all the sorrow will be thrown away. And we will be your people in your kingdom. And that, God, that will be a glorious day, all for eternity. We thank you, Lord, for this promise. We thank you, Lord, for hard words of scripture that Apostle Paul wrote to us and wrote to many that remind us of these truths. Help us, Lord, to put them into action, to die to ourselves to die to those inclinations and all the sinful nature inside of us. that God, we may find life in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.